Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the epic Roster Watch podcast brought to you by rosterwatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap here with Byron Lambert, once again, uh, streaming the podcast on YouTube and on Periscope. If you like it, you want to hear more, make sure you go subscribe uh, on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. Make sure to search for the Roster Watch podcast there and find us on Twitter at Roster Watch. That being said, Byron, big championship weekend coming up, Senior Bowl coming up. We did a couple prospect uh, kind of reviews and some talk about some of these wide receivers yesterday with Trash Man. Today, we want to talk about this championship slate, though. What the hell's going on, brother? Man, just getting ready for Mobile, for the Senior Bowl. And I just can't believe with the news coming in that Luke Keekley retired, that I look back and I think, man, the Andrew Lux, the Luke Keekleys of the world, they've all retired. Uh, we've scouted a, a full generation of NFL players. And inside of that, actually, a couple of cycles of the less notable players that have had kind of the average three- and four-year NFL career. So this will be our, I believe, our ninth senior bowl, our ninth NFL combine this year. So a generation of live scouting for roster watch is what stands out to me as we get ready. And I mean, what a fantastic slate of playoffs uh, we've had so far. It's been a great product from the NFL and um, excited for this weekend, man. What are you most excited about for mobile food? Watching the get like, have you watched any of these players yet? Have you watched any of these guys? I I know you've seen Jalen Hurts, of course, just kind of being down here in Big Twelve country. Have you watched it? Like, have you watched any Justin Herbert or any Jordan Love or any of these uh, wide receivers or running backs yet? Or are you just doing your usual Byron thing where you just want to be surprised once you get there? You know, I have my own unique scouting process. It's worked out quite well, so not inclined to really tinker with it too much right now. I like to. Uh, you know, I like to get that live scouting impression on these guys with a, a clear, a clean slate. You know, they have a clean slate for me when I see them in Mobile, and it's led to a lot of really good scouting evaluations for for us and for Roster Watch Nation. Um, Jalen Hurts is super exciting for me. I just from afar strikes me as a guy that could be a potential Dak Prescott type of prospect coming into the NFL. And with the the you know the trend at the quarterback position right now, that's potentially an enticing prospect. So uh, that's a guy who I'm definitely uh, excited to see. And just in general, man, I mean, we, I'm excited for practice because uh, we always show up and it's a bunch of guys. I didn't know really too much about beforehand. And then at the end of the week, uh, you go back through your notes, man. And there's just your, it's incredible how at the end of the week, your notes just accumulate and there's guys who stand out and pop and, you know, you're reminded that this is full-blown NFL competition. These are NFL players. This is the best way to scout prospects coming to the NFL. Analytics are great. Scouting college film is great. But there's nothing better than scouting these players in a live setting playing football against other NFL caliber players. That's how you're going to know what they're going to look like on Sundays. And you get over 100 of the top seniors and you know, a couple of you know, five-year juniors that qualify, you know, coming into this event every year. I mean, the vast majority of these guys get drafted and many of them turn into pro, pro bowlers and top shelf NFL players. So when you see a Cooper cup going off, when you see a Debo Samuel going off, when you see an Aaron Donald going off, when you see all these, I mean, the list is incredibly long at this point. Uh, this, when you see a Zach Martin going off, uh, mm-hmm. a Cody Whitehair, I mean, it, it just goes on and on, man. Aaron Donald. Yeah. It just, you know, <laughs> it, it's, it's a true indication that the, these guys can play because that's it's it's really what it looks like on Sundays for the most part. So 
very excited. Uh, you kind of don't know. I don't know who, who, what players, what names are in store for me that in just about a week's time, I'll be coming home and saying, wow, these are the new guys. Uh, these are the future of the NFL. Well, it's just crazy. Like, it's like here, I just, I, I, this is always, one of these is always kind of sitting next to my desk, right? These little senior bowl tablets that they hand out for, not tablets, senior bowl notebooks they hand out before the uh, the week starts. And I was just looking like, if you look back to the very start of last year, that was day one, it's like South practice, you know? And then you get a whole, <laughs> after day you know, one, like, it's How like, going to make anything out of this. And you get a whole, like, like you know, <laughs> all this, all, all this stuff, man. It's awesome. And as I'm looking down, like the, just right inside there, I have last year's just roster that you get on day one and just looking down the names. I mean, there are people on here that have been, I mean, the very first two names are Lonnie Johnson, who's the Kentucky head hunter started this year for the Texans. You know, he was the guy. He fuck. He was the guy that had to try. He was the guy who was tasked with having to try and shut down Travis Kelsey last week. Right? It's like all of a sudden, fucking. You know, they're playing in the NFL. Debo Samuel. You know, you. Just, I mean, uh, Will Greer. You just yeah, Montez Ryan. Sweat. You just looked at. Yeah, you just looked down. You're Honor Renfro, Brightwell um, uh, Armstead. The list just. Literally, I mean, I'm, I'm skipping over all kinds of guys that have been. You know just big contributors this year. El- Elkton Jenkins. I mean, he's going to be a factor this, this, this week. I think he's a, he's a, he's a Packer, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Elkton Jenkins. Um, just all, like, and that's just on the South squad. It's like, look at the North squad. There's just, I mean, Terry McLaurin, like you mentioned, um, just a whole, you know, Gardner Minshew, like just a bunch of guys that you just, I don't know. Oh, I mean, think dude, about like, Jimmy Garoppolo, Kirk Cousins, Russell Wilson, Derek Carr. I know I'm forgetting a, a whole bunch of others right off the top right now, but I mean, these are impactful players in the NFL. And most importantly, Dak, Dak. Most importantly, these are important players for our fantasy teams, for our dynasty teams. You know, our you know the way that we win at Roster Watch is, you know, it's a whole system. You know, but ultimately, the real advantage is having a direct feed on the good young players before they hit true market value. And that's where we get, uh, you know, that's where we extract uh, most of our winning ways. So we'll keep it up this year with a big year. And this is where it starts out here is it's senior bowl week. So we're always excited about it. One thing that we used to do when they started practice on Mondays was get there on Sunday nights. And it was always a super fun thing to do to go and watch the championship games there in mobile as the schedules changed. It's just, it's not really feet, you know, and as we've kind of grown more up a little bit and had families and shit, I guess, you know, since I've had a family, it's, it's, it's harder to get up there for the, the whole, you know, one weekend to the next weekend, but we'll be there for weigh-ins for all the practices. We'll have a live broadcast on Sirius XM. I believe Deutsch sent an email earlier. That's on Wednesday, right? Wednesday. It's on Wednesday. It's funny. Like I emailed him about that whenever I, um, whenever I, um, just kind of gotten back and home from some of my, my own traveling. And he's like, dude, Byron emailed me about this shit like three weeks ago. <laughs> I was like, well, shit, I, I probably should have checked with Byron. Uh, but yeah, so I guess we'll have that one on, on, on Wednesday next week. So make sure to tune in on Sirius X and fantasy sports radio. We'll give you our updates from them, the senior bowl, but of course here on the podcast as well, we'll be cranking these things out for you guys and hopefully have some special content i'm most pumped up man that we're not that we're not staying in the shitty roach motel that we've been forced to stay in for the last like eight 
years. That we've just been hanging on to the past with that place. Yeah, things change. You got to embrace. It's time it. to move into a new Airbnb, dude. Something a little nicer. Something a little bit nicer. So that'll be good as as well. You guys won't see the the background that you see of us on the various things we put out. It won't be. I'll miss creepy. the underground bar at the old place, man. Well, the underground bar is fucking they, – they shut it down. It's like once they shut that thing down, I'm like, fuck this place. It's like, like there's, no other, there's no other reason to go there. It's like, like a relic of the old underbelly of the – the dark underbelly of the old Senior Bowl. It's a new I, regime now, man, new yeah, times. I, I bring home a lot of memories, man, from the Senior Bowl. But from that place, I brought home a spider bite and a staph infection separately. We can't stay there any longer. So – Anyway, championship weekend. Is it always on championship weekend on Sunday that we got um, – I know we talked about it last week. Did we get a night game? Do we always get this? Do they always start in the afternoon on Sundays and then we get the night game for the second one? Because I like always remember – A bunch of afternoon starts here, man. Yeah, I, I feel like that too. And I mean I could be just being stupid, but it feels like they sometimes they start at noon central and then you get – it's just like a regular slate of games – um, on championship weekend, but it's going to be cool. We get, we get night games this week. The first game though, I uh, believe, let me just get it pulled up. I believe the kickoff was at what? Three Oh, three Oh five. Um, so two Oh five central three Oh five Eastern. We have the Tennessee Titans at the Kansas city chiefs. This game has a 53 point total. We have 57% of the tickets on the over. We have 54% of the money on the over for Kansas city here. As a seven-point favorite, that's down from seven and a half. Sixty-three percent of the tickets on Kansas City, but only fifty-six percent of the money. So the public sentiment still on Kansas City here, but maybe a little bit of sharp support for the underdog here in the Tennessee Titans. As the as the money, the percentage of money doesn't quite equal out with the percentage of bets. Uh, I'm going to be depending on you a lot, Byron, to to um, fill me as I told you. I guess like last week, like during this game, during this game last week, DeMarcus, I, I thought that it was DeMarcus Robinson's drops that were making me physically sick. I kept testing you, texting you. I said, this guy sucks. He, how does, how does D Rob suck so bad? He sucks. He sucks. And I'm like, it's physically hurting my stomach. It turned out that that was like a virus. And I said, I, I was puking by the end of that game. I couldn't, I couldn't focus on any of the green Bay Seattle games. So I'll be depending on your, uh, your inside as far as what your eyes saw from from that one because I was I was hunched over a goddamn toilet, but I did see the uh, toilet with a newly installed bidet. Was that of any use in this circumstance? Oh, God. by the way, I noticed you'd gone really quiet, man. Did you? Yeah, I mean, I I was tilting my face off probably in the in the greatest DFS agony I'd ever. Uh, experience <laughs> yeah i was gonna say man maybe we should just listen to you on this pod because you were like a 1v1 away from a from a top 10 finish in the millie maker last week some good lineups together i just I, I just I don't understand how you had so much conviction on tevin coleman but that was just an awesome play i, I didn't have any of them that from the very beginning i knew that you were probably gonna be running pretty hot because of that like was it was it what 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 did you need to change what did you <laughs> what was it that was basically i had my i just you know probably the cardinal sin that i've encountered in playing dfs is not leaving myself with enough time that i mean it, it truly is a, a logic puzzle we you know every week we have we are tremendous at distilling 
the player pool down for our users to 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 a very accurate and precise pool of the exact players that are going to go off that week the guys you have to you have to play if you want to win but you still have to construct your lineups properly i mean that's really the key is is figuring out how to uh, the combinations of these players and the lineups to construct and the truth is that takes some time and so i, I you know where I've, where I've been hurt the most is when I've gotten just been too busy and not left myself enough time. Truly I've arrived at Alex where I like to make five lineups a week. I like to take about three hours on Saturday to do it. That's how essentially about how, um, how much time ideally I would like to spend on it. That's of course, after the, the time I've spent earlier in the week, doing <laughs> making the tools and doing all right and everything, right. but that's kind of the final piece for me. And because Man, it's sometimes you just you know in your head there's one little more thing you need to tweak, but you, you know you're under the gun to get your lineup submitted. And it's just it's too much, right? So I had last week essentially I had my Tyree Kill and my Travis Kelsey lineups. I mean, and I, I, that's the way I was doing a lot of that last week was splitting those two guys up, and then I had my Tevin Coleman lineups for my tournaments, uh, my Tevin Coleman, and it was. I went cheap on defense in those, punted on defense uh, in in those lineups, in those tournament lineups. And I just made a car, car, I I put a tremendous lineup together uh, that went over 200 points. I would definitely won some money on it, but I just ran out of time to put my Travis Kelsey version of that lineup into Oh, there there wasn't a Kelsey version of that one. No, it was a Kittle I, version. I had of that just one. had. I mean, and usually I that's say, a, that's a true one v one. You you should like anytime there's something like that where Kittle and Kelsey are the same price. You should have just made one more lineup. They just had Kelsey. Instead. I just ran out of time, man. I just ran out of time, and you know it's you know it's, it's always easy to look back and rabbit hunt and say woulda coulda shoulda. I try usually I try not to do that, but most of the time you say how likely would it have been I would have put that lineup in. This is just one where I'm like, man, I think there was 85%. If I'd had 20, 30 more minutes, I would have for sure put this lineup in. I was looking at it saying, I know there's one more move I can make here. Just couldn't figure it out quick enough. And then I had to press submit like right at three o'clock or whatever. And I mean, it had I put that lineup in, you know, again, you know, had I, but it, you know, what do they hand horses, horseshoes and hand grenades? Uh, but I was like, it was like a 12 or $13,000 lineup. That's that's a that's a big swing, and when you realize that that's the kind of <laughs> that that'll be that'll be motivation for you to spend the proper amount of time moving forward because you know time is money and that's a lot of money, right? So um, let's see if we can do it again this week. Definitely a little bit harder. I I think this week when we talk about the DFS slate, uh, for one, I guess you know the Vegas tools up at rosterwatch.com for any of you guys who are pro members, you can go check it out. And, you know, not that many players this week, only like, you know, 26 props or something like that in there. But it gives us some idea that just from a slate overview, before we get into the game separately, from a slate overview kind of angle, tight ends, once again, look like they're probably going to be the best values with Kelsey and Kittle. I think that the double tight end approach will be popular again this week. You know, if you're playing cash, generally, I I don't I'm not playing cash on these um on on these on these kinds of kinds of slates certainly not on a two game slate because it feels like it just feels like to me Byron if we're talking about for tournaments here it's almost like how do you get off the 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 right place right because it, whenever we look at this game i think that most people are going to want to play play this game uh, damian williams probably is going to be 70% owned do you, do you think 
I mean, last yeah, week LaShawn McCoy only played one or two snaps. Surprises me a little bit. I'm I'm probably off Damian Williams this week, so that surprised me a little bit. But well, I holy shit, man, sense. you're off Dan- you're off Damian Williams. Well, tell me why then. Like that's a re- that's a hot take. So to explain to the people why you might be off Damian Williams because he's probably the first guy that I'm putting in every lineup I make. Well, last week with all the exposure I had, I mean, I got away by the skin of my teeth with the two touchdowns. Had it not been for those, it would have been a fairly pedestrian outing and you know when you his price has gone you know i think sometimes i overreact to price but the price has gone up to seven thousand on DraftKings this week and so that's starts to get kind of rich for damian williams in my opinion and then you go back and you look at the week 10 matchup chiefs at titans Damian Williams had a decent game, but it was really Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill that were going bananas. Kelsey came through in that game, uh, it, it, but it wasn't a um, it wasn't a huge breakout for Damian Williams in that week. So to it's me, hard. everybody chasing, was hurt. Instead of chasing Damian Williams from last week, last week Damian Williams was the obvious play. To me, it feels a little bit like you're chasing that if you get back in on it. And he's it, last week I was saving money on Damian Williams. Like you say, I want to get in on the some of the good plays. Uh, this week, you know, the guys I really love, maybe like the Derrick Henrys of the world who went bananas in week 10 against these Chiefs and seems to have been going bananas. He's just matchup proof at this point. And, uh, you know, that could be difficult if I'm spending 7000 on on Damian Williams. I just, I just see I foresee myself being pulled off of Damian Williams this week. We'll see what the final portfolio looks like, but that's what I'm anticipating. Have we every year had a discussion about whether or not we even do a cheat sheet on this slate? As I'm thinking about putting together the cheat sheet, it's just like, what do you do? I mean, like, you just put in every pl- player. You, I mean, it's like, you can't just give a lineup. You know what I mean? It's probably going to be hard to make the cheat sheet this week. But I'll get started here after we get done with this podcast. Um, it feels like Damian Williams probably would have to be on there, though. I mean, you, you at least consider him an option, don't you? Like, if you look, I mean, organically didn't really do – I mean, if we just look at what he did for you organically without the touchdowns last week, I mean, you talk about the two rushing touchdowns. You forget about the one receiving touchdown he had there right on the back of his hip. Do you, do you remember that one? Yeah. I mean, so there's, there was three. The touchdown so saved you last week. His organic scoring was only 47 yards and plus 20 so 68 total yards and two his organic scoring was only 8.8 points without the touchdowns it ended up being a little bit of a thin i mean it was a good play i mean the touchdowns were baked into the whole equation but i mean you 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 feel like you you got away with one maybe a little bit last week and the pricing felt right and and now it feels a little chasey to to, i'm not saying it it could it's a decent play and it could very well be a good play but to me the obvious play look it's got to be a small cheat sheet on a small slate the obvious play is derrick henry um, he has to be on this sheet. You have to consider playing him. He had 188 yards and two touchdowns in this matchup in week 10. And that's basically what he's been doing every week in the playoffs. Anyway, that's like his new standard is 200 yards and a couple of touchdowns. You know what I mean? He's, he's their nuclear weapon. Um, and then, you know, it's a tough, it's a difficult and a tough matchup. You know, Aaron Jones price, I believe on DraftKings comes down to 6,000 uh, this week. I know it's a tough matchup. Um, but everybody was super stoked about Aaron Jones last week. It was kind of the touchdown that saved folks with him. It wasn't a huge week for him. Um, so I wonder if there's a sneaky, I mean, kind of counterintuitive situation where Aaron Jones, I mean, he's, he's because if you look back in week 12, when they played the Packers, I think it was 24 touches total between Jamal Williams 
and Aaron Jones. But since then, Aaron Jones has really seized that backfield. So in a matchup where they got absolutely destroyed, what is it, thirty-five to seven or whatever? I mean, absolute blowout. The Packers. That was the one where that was the one where wasn't it like Aaron Rodgers had all the excuses about they couldn't get any sleep or all this other stuff. Yeah, so I just don't think they have a choice, and they know coming into this game that they've got to feed their best players i would assume i mean they it's going to take everything they have to beat the 49ers based on a recent performance in the same uh, setting and so i think they've probably learned man they got to come out you know feeding their their big guns and to me aaron jones is very clearly uh, taking that role from jamal williams so if he can absorb a lot of those touches that maybe jamal williams had on week 12 we can have a 20 touch Aaron Jones at I, I believe it was six thousand on DraftKings. Then it's sixty it's sixty seven hundred. Sixty seven hundred. So well, it's a little bit cheaper than Damian Williams, I guess. You know, maybe I'm a little bit more. Maybe I can be a little more inclined to to go to an Aaron Jones. How much of it last week was the fact that it was just a good? It's a good matchup for. It was a good matchup for Aaron Jones. Whereas this week is a bad one. Like Jamal, J- Jamal Williams had eight fucking targets last time versus these guys. It seems like he was like, I could see the game script getting to a place where they want to use Jam- like they, I mean, I don't care if it's like a, I don't care if people think it's a cockamamie talking point or whatever. Matt LaFleur himself has said that Jamal Williams is a guy who they love in pass protection and they love in those situations. I mean, if they get down and the game script gets like that, is it like just because last week the snap counts were so bad you know, we couldn't see another kind of 50, 50 split like we did with Jamal and Aaron Jones. The first time these two teams faced one another just late season, it was trending away from that. And my intuition is just, you got to get your ball to your explosive players in this game where you're a big underdog, where you couldn't score any points last time. Is Jamal Williams, the guy that's going to do that. I don't know. We'll see if rationale prevails. Uh, or not. I mean, I get your point, but generally the trend has been that Aaron Jones has seized that role as lead back late in the season. So that's still the narrative that I'm, I'm going to buy. It's a tough matchup. I'm worried about the matchup, but you just don't have a lot of options. Like you said, you have to start, you have to, you know, at some point you kind of matchups, the correlations, that stuff dwindles a little bit here at, at the end. You got to just pricing and, you know, the, the players, uh, you know, start to, you know, continue to come into a little bit more focus. It's a tough call. It's a tough call, but I wonder if people are off Aaron Jones this week and, you know, it seems like maybe a bounce, you know, it's a tough matchup, but maybe when we were chasing him last week, maybe this is a week that he can pay off uh, a little bit. And his pricing also came down this week. Yeah. I, I think that as far as the running backs this week, just from what you see on ownership projections, basically across the industry, it looks like, you know, Derek Henry's probably gonna be the most heavily owned along with Damian Williams. Then after that, probably in a tier kind of together. It'll be Tevin Coleman, Aaron Jones, and Raheem Mostert, right? And like maybe like that kind of 30% ownership. Then after that, other than that, like it's just, it falls off a cliff. Well, Mostert. No, everybody's going to, everybody's going to be less than, less than, you know, 10% owned. If you don't pick one of those guys, I mean, I think probably, uh, and that's why I'm saying it's like, if we, if we're talking about this like this, do like shouldn't we be talking about ways to like get off of this, or is it like is it going to be some combination of those guys, or do I mean to win a tournament, do you have to have it be like, is it going to have to be done with the wide receivers or done with the tight end other than Kelsey or Kittle? Because I just I don't know if I don't know if Jamal Williams, Matt Breida, Lashawn McCoy, Dion Lewis, 
Darwin fucking Thompson or any of these assholes are going to like, even if I'm different than everybody else, I don't, I, I'm, I'm not sure they're going to be high enough raw point scores to be able to, to, to do anything for me. If my sole motivation in getting to those guys is to differentiate myself from, from the field on a short slate. Yeah. I, I would think it's gonna be the wide receivers, you know, where you picking the wide right wide receivers that are going to make, the, you know, the potentially make the difference this week. The other guy you mentioned him, Alex, before we get away from it is I do like Mostert this week. I think this could be a bounce back week for Moster. His pricing has come way down on DraftKings this week or significantly down. I uh, believe he's cheaper than Coleman at this point. And he's much cheaper. It's 5,700 versus 4,300. Yeah. So I like, I like Mostert in this matchup. Now in week 10, let's see here in week 10, it wasn't anything thrilling for, no, it was week 12. I'm, I'm sorry here. Uh, it was week 12. Mostert and Coleman both had about 40 yards and a touchdown. Uh, neither of them had a whole lot of touches that week. That week it was Debo Samuel and George Kittle who both got in the end zone. Kittle only six targets, but he had 129 yards. Samuel got the touchdown. He was the best receiver that week, but he's really uh, – it still wasn't a big week for the 49ers receivers. So it's basically the 49ers playing defense in that game and scoring touchdowns. I think they scored four – at least four touchdowns uh, when they were on offense. So that's how they made them – made him pay. So my feeling is you get on to Mostert. He's pretty cheap. Um, you know, it's so it's would be just, just like the Shanahan's, you know, for if the last week it was Coleman for this week, it to be, you know, Mostert because they're always hard to, to keep a beat on. And, you know, maybe this is a game where uh, the Packers can adjust a little bit on offense and keep the pace uh, to where a guy, you know, Coleman came in. First of all, Coleman got the hot hand, but he was like the closer too, right? And, 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 and Moster got hurt. He got hurt. He had the calf or something. So they had to hold him out. And by the time he was kind of feeling like he was getting a little bit warmed up, Shanahan was like, we we got Tevin rolling, you know, he said that the plan going in wasn't necessarily to roll Tevin. That wasn't necessarily the plan. No. That's just kind of how things happened. And I, 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 I kind of, I, I believe him. I believe him. So it might, it really makes kind of figuring this thing out kind of makes it an exercise of futility. It's like if he had fucking, if, if Shanahan doesn't even know. So most probably if out of this matchup Packers at 49ers and monster probably be the guy running back. I own the most out of that particular Game, <laughs> we got this dude. We got this dude in YouTube chat saying Jimmy Graham's going to be hot. Like <laughs> Jim, he's not going to. He's he, he's going to be cold and dead, man. Like a like a like a mummified corpse. They, Rob- I I I I was looking at the snap counts for last week. Byron was there. Was was there a Jace a Jay Sternberger sighting last week? They got him in there now. I didn't your, like I said, I didn't guy, man. Yeah, I didn't see much I of the told game. You we couldn't get too excited about Jay Sternberger and Dynasty, man. <laughs> well, why not? He could uh, I'm still a little bit excited about Sternberger and Dynasty. You should be too. We we could talk about that some uh, we could talk about that on a non <laughs> on a non-DFS show. Um, uh, but we, we we were talking about Chiefs Titans. So you like Henry, you don't care about having to pay up for him. No, I like Derrick Henry. Yeah, I mean he's you think it just continues? I was telling Trash Man, I think that this is the, the this is even though it's technically a good matchup for Henry, man. I just I think this is where the Titans finally lose. 
And so if we see them in that sort of, you know, see them in that sort of scenario, they just keep them in there. They're going to, they're going to keep throwing to their, are are they going to throw to him and stuff? Yeah. They got to get him the ball. That's him. He's their best player. I mean, I mean, I don't see that they really have an option. Right. And he, we've learned that he can, we, we've always known, but the NFL and everybody else has learned that he can stay involved for all three downs, no matter the situations. I mean, I, I don't really see what choice they have. He was able to look, that was a high scoring game in week 10, you know, the Titans won it, but that was a high scoring game and Henry got plenty of action. So um, I got, I mean, I get it. I'm playing Derrick Henry. I played him. I've played Derrick Henry every week. So it's like, it's always felt a little bit weird, but I've always come around to playing Derrick Henry every, every week um, of the, of the postseason. We have Scotty Josh in the periscope chat saying that Sternberger is a, is a 2020 sleeper. So at least I got Scotty Josh on my side. <laughs> I guess we'll find out. Right. You'll um, you'll find out soon enough. Um, but anyway, all right. So if we're looking to if if we're playing Henry, and if you're interested in like a monster or whatever, not as interested in Damian Williams. I'm guessing you're interested in Mahomes and some of his pass catchers here. Yeah, clearly it's like yeah, hundred yeah. percent in on you know Mahomes. I mean, or, or not if not a hundred percent as much as I can. Right. I mean. We'll talk well, but is that best? I think so, man. He had 446 yards and three touchdowns in this in the last time these two teams played, and that that offense. Re- I told you last week, Andy Reid was going to heat that damn offense up. Now I didn't realize it was going to be due to a game script like that, but they certainly as hell did. And you know, to me, and they got a, Andy Reid's got his chance to go win his first Super Bowl. I'd say it's pedal to the metal. Chiefs offense because they know that they're going to be getting a formidable defense in the Super Bowl and they're going to need offense running on all cylinders. The Chiefs are so to me, this is just a prime week to keep that thing juiced up and look all arrows point back to Patrick Mahomes. So yeah, it was a monster last week. I expect a monster this week. What, what do you mean they know they're getting a? F- oh, because you think they think they'll get San Francisco? Well, the Packers defense is pretty good, even if they don't, right? But yeah, they've got no, to they right. got to think they're going to play San Francisco, and you got to go in all firing on all cylinders against this 49ers defense, man. So, do, do you not think anything at all about the fact that maybe 70 percent of people in tournaments are going to be playing Mahomes? And maybe you could, if it, if this is going to be a scoring environment like we think like this, where they do go so big, maybe we could play Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill was so fucking awesome to end the season. And I, and I know the attempts weren't there. This, the attempts certainly haven't been there the last few weeks. I know he only had 15 attempts the week before last. Do you know how many attempts he had last week? Oh, it's off the top of your head. It had to be 14. Att- he's, he's averaging 14 and a half attempts in, over the course of the last two weeks of the playoffs. That has to go up this, this week. But to your point, could he be in the – I mean, he is in the Deshaun Watson spot. I mean, that's – And he's been a good quarterback this year. He's been a good quarterback this year. And, 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 and A.J. Brown – I mean, it, it also goes to A.J. Brown, who's cheap. A.J. Brown's 5,200. How do you not play A.J. Brown? Well, I think you have to really strongly consider it. I mean, right now he's one of my core plays at wide receiver. And, and look, I mean, he only had the four targets – uh, in the previous matchup, it wasn't a big game. It wasn't a big game for any of the Titans receivers, really. In that one, I think Janu Smith led the team that week with six targets. I think Fersker got a touchdown this that week. Uh, so, 
the hit the the the, the previous performance wasn't uh, that notable by AJ Brown, but you just you look at the game flow, the game script. He's really emerged since then, and you know, much like Derrick Henry, you just think, man, they're not going to be left with any option in this game but to feed their explosive playmakers, and that's basically AJ Brown, Derrick Henry, and and if you listen to Bill Belichick, Janu Smith. Johnny Smith with a horrible prop here in this one. Uh, I saw he has a two and a half reception prop, even though this is a great matchup. And it's, the, the matchup's gotten even better since the Chiefs have lost Juan Thornhill. And I just, I can't believe he has a two and a half reception, like 26 and a half yard prop this week because it's two and a half receptions with juice on the under, heavy juice on the under, every, everywhere you look. What is that all about? Probably the volume that they're just taking into consideration. The volume's going to stay the same. They're going to keep handing it to Derrick Henry. They're going to try and take the air out of the ball. They don't want Patrick Mahomes on the field. They're just going to. They're going to run the shit out of it. Is that the deal? Is, I mean, I think so. I think so. I, you make an interesting point with Tannehill. I mean, that was my lineups last week that I I, ha, I had a great Patrick Mahomes lineup. I also had some really good Deshaun Watson lineup. So that that's a sneaky one. Uh, I'd been looking a little. You know, we'll get to it in a minute. I'd been looking a little cheaper, uh, even over to one of the quarterbacks from one of the from the other matchup. But you know, you, you got to remind yourself this is the spot that Watson was in last week. So Ryan Tannehill, no Deshaun Watson, but a sneaky contrarian play that could free up a, a little bit of money for you for sure. This dude, Scotty Josh, I put his, his his comment up here. He says, "Watch Davis have a good performance out of nowhere." AJ Brown is a tough time in man coverage. I don't, I mean, he, maybe the advanced analytics show that he's had a tough time in man coverage thus far in the NFL, but he certainly didn't back in college. Um, I'm not, I'm, I am, I am not worried about well, that's AJ. That's an interesting any, observation. I had, I'd I, love to watch the NFL tape from this year because I'd have to go look back at my notes, but I, I remember thinking he was a better guy in zone than he was in man. Now, I mean, he's physical, so he's able to separate it really. Uh, he's fine. He'll be fine. He, yeah. he, but I, that would be interesting to see if that is actually been true because I, I believe that was the note I had on him coming out. I mean, he's, he's good against all coverage, but he was better against zone than man. If I can remember correctly. And even his pro day, I remember that he was really good at finding the holes, man, really good at finding those holes in the zones and just catching the ball, electric catcher of the ball. And then that run after the catch. So uh, that's, a, well, I mean, he, he just, he, observation. Well, it's just that we got to see him operate in so many of those parts of the field. Because I mean, whenever – well, bef- before DK got hurt, before DK went out with the neck, A.J. Brown was just playing in the, playing in the slot and just, and, just, and just living, like, underneath those, those zone shells. That was, that, was what, that was how he made his living. So, I mean, I guess it makes some sense. Um, so, let me ask you, we've made money playing Josh Allen and Devin Singletary. We've made money playing Patrick Mahomes and – Damian Williams. So are you suggesting that you could potentially have a Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry lineup this week? Alex? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Put play with Tyree kill and Kelsey and fill it around with must monster or something. I mean, I think it's, I think, yeah, for sure. Especially in tournaments. It's like what in tournaments are, you, are we all just going to play Mahomes and hit when our pay down guy is going to be Sammy Watkins. And then our, uh, you know, we're going to play Damian Williams and, either Eric Jones or Derrick Henry, and we're going to pay up for two tight ends and pay, find some other shitty, you know, pay, play Corey Davis or Tajay Sharp or Adam Humphreys. Like that's what everybody's going to do. Right? Just, I think it's, it'll be something a little bit different if you want to do that. Um, if you're going to play any of the Titans guys, Corey Davis, I hate, I'll never play him. 
Adam Humphreys came back to practice on Wednesday. He's logged now two consecutive practices. We'll have to check on the Friday report. But Adam Humphreys, um, do you think he'll take completely back over for Todd J. Sharp? I think he will. I mean, they they paid him like a guy who, who should be taking completely back over for Tajay Sharp if he is healthy. Yeah, but when you see Raymond doing all this work out there, I just start to just scratch them all off the list, man. It just seems too muddled. Khalif Raymond, shit, I forgot about he he had a big touchdown last week, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, Tajay Sharp has been worthless in DFS the last two weeks, and so no Tajay Sharp for you. Janu, I mean, it's just you're not. Are, are you interested? Just, I, I can't. I'm gonna have trouble getting off Kelsey or Kittle. If I'm playing two tight ends, I'm playing those two, and I'm certainly not playing Janu if I only have one tight end slot. Right. I mean, for any kind of cheat sheet, it's gonna come down to a Kelsey and Kittle. But I'd probably advise to consider making a Janu Smith lineup. What about on so? Kansas City, what about the deep guys? Demarcus Robinson looked so bad last week. Um, there were the three drops that even I was text I texted you after each one of those drops that were just egregious, just, just horrible. Um McCall Hardman got I mean, he McCall Hardman always flashes, and I realized last week, man, he's a he's a real good stack with the Kansas City defense for the old double dip with the defensive special team touchdown. It, I, it feels like something like that's going to pop this offseason or this this postseason with Nicole Hardman. I thought it would be last week with Andy Reid coming off the bye. He would have schemed something up for him. And he did scheme some things up for him. Nicole Hardman was in there on the second snap of the game last week. Would you, I mean, how do you see these other, how, like, how do you see these, these cheap guys? Uh, because Nicole Hardman's 3,800. Uh, Corey Davis is down here at that same sort of price at 4K. Uh, Demarcus Robinson's way down here at thirty three hundred. Tajay Sharp's thirty one hundred. How do you how do you make nuts and bolts of these idiots? Well, see, Sammy Watkins had nine targets in Week Ten matchup, and that was even in the matchup where Tyreek Hill had nineteen targets. I think it was eleven receptions and nineteen targets for Tyreek Hill in Week Ten. But Watkins still had a nice, you know, very respectable nine targets. Hardman in that game had, I think it was one target, 63 yards, and a touchdown. So, <laughs> I mean, both of those guys are in play, and cl- pretty clearly Watkins is the more solid play. But, you know, Hardman is a fine play, and he's a fine play, and he could certainly be one of the differentiators uh, in lineups this week. So, And then you look back, Travis Kelsey had a good game. In week 10, like you said, it's a good matchup again. Uh, you know, it kind of feels like it could be Tyreek Hill week this week. Uh, but, you know, it, that's it's far from definitive. And Travis Kelsey, if not a great play, is almost certainly, you know, a very, very, you know, good play this week. So I think you're going to have to have your Tyreek Hill lineups. You're going to have to have your Travis Kelsey lineups. And then you'll probably let your budget dictate what you're doing with Sammy Watkins and Miko Hartman. Let's move on to the next one here. Green Bay at San Francisco. This one was a 46 and a half point total here. San Francisco is a seven and a half point favorite. We have 69% of the tickets on the over of 46 and a half. Actually just changed to 70% of the tickets on the over in this one and 66% of the money. So public sentiment is on the over sharp sentiments on the over, but just not quite as much, uh, you know, 70% versus 66 and then we have for the for the spread, fifty six percent of the tickets are on San Francisco. Fifty six percent of the money is on San Francisco. So, 
feels like a toss up any which way you look at it. Um, San Francisco, obviously the worst matchup on paper for basically all opposing positions this week of, of, of the teams that are at least to the teams that are left. What do you think? How do you see the action playing out here, Byron? Yeah, I guess we kind of got into it a little bit earlier. Um, Mostert is running back. I like in this matchup with the way his pricing has come down and feels like it could be Raheem Mostert bounce back week and maybe a matchup that sets up a little bit better for him. George Kittle had the six receptions for 129 yards and a touchdown in the week 12 matchup at home against these Packers. And, and we called it last week about Kittle, man. Like I was worried about it. Exactly. I was worried about it. And they're not, you feel, and he's not going to sleep for too long out there. So, you know, it feels like very well could be George Kittle week uh, as well here. Um, you know, Devonte Adams had the 12 targets in this last matchup. He got the touchdown. It wasn't the monster production, but you he, know, really going to have no choice, but to feed him this week. And he's a bit of a matchup proof player. So I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm my expectations aren't sky high for Adams, but he's probably, I'd say he's probably clearly the best play from the Packers side of the ball. I think you can get in on a cheaper, maybe somewhat contrarian Aaron Jones play when everybody was predicting Aaron Jones week last week. It, you got the touchdown, but it really wasn't Aaron Jones week. Maybe uh, you can eke something out uh, this week. And then, you know, Alex, to me, you know, you look back and it was the 50 yards and the touchdown for Debo Samuel in week 12 was only on a couple of targets. Really no receivers got very much action in that game. Uh, however, even since then, Debo Samuel has very clearly emerged as the number one wide receiver for the San Francisco 49ers. So he's their number one. They're number one. There's no more guessing game about like if pricing is close, which 49ers receiver I'm getting right. on. The bottom line right. is that Debo is the guy to play every week and you'll know, let the chips fall how they may. So I'm going to get in on some Debo Samuel this week. I'm going to get in on a little George Kittle where he starts the pass catching back. And those arrows point back to Jimmy Garoppolo, who didn't have a real big game because he didn't necessarily need to uh, fantasy wise in this last matchup. But there were four touchdowns scored in that game and um, fifty two hundred dollars. I believe it is on DraftKings this week. That's uh, that's significant. That's significant. And there's part of you that says, well, maybe I need to play the underdog in this game. The Hall of Fame underdog quarterback, he's going to be playing from behind. Aaron Rodgers going to be going to be by far the least owned. But he's yeah, but he's I mean, he's there's a reason for it, right? I mean, it was bad outing last time. Uh, Garoppolo is you know cheaper. Tannehill is cheaper, and uh, you know not a huge game total in this one. So. You know, and Aaron, Aaron, that you know, we all know Aaron Rod. That offense is not the same high flying thing. You know, he can bust out, of course, in any given week. But a 49ers pass defense looked pretty formidable last week, and um, so you know, I, I think in this one, you just got to hope maybe the 49ers, even if they get up because it's playoff football, they really still keep the pedal to the metal a little bit in this one. What if you were to play? Um, what if you went Tevin Coleman? Raheem Mostert inflate Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams. How much would that? I mean, that leaves you fifty two hundred per player for your remaining lineup. So if you played a game script like take both those running backs and then just Aaron Rodgers in catch up mode to Devontae Adams, 
It's kind of weird. Um, Kendrick Bourne, any interest there? I mean, he scored again last week. I mean, it's just too hard to predict. Five five targets. That's pretty good. I didn't five targets. I mean, Bourne is a guy that could be a differentiator. That if you end up with a hole in your flex and the pricing is right, that you you, you could slide him in and not feel. You know, you're not going to build a lineup around him, but if he happens to be the final piece that slides into a lineup that you work that you like, uh, pricing works. I think it's fine. What pri- like what priority, if any, are you putting on to, on Devontae Adams here? How does he stack up for you versus Tyreek Hill? If you're paying up at a wide, do you do you find yourself paying up at one of those wide receivers? I don't know what all my final ownership percentages are going to be. I mean, I right now, right now, I probably the sweet spot for me would be looking at the AJ Browns and the Debo Samuels of the world is where most of my attention is going to be at the high side of things. Yeah. It's Adams and it's Tyree kill. Those are the two guys that are in focus. Probably lean towards Tyree kill. I, I, I do believe that Adams is going to get the targets in this one. Uh, he's going to get, he's, he's, he's going to get 12 targets. Yeah, he's going to get the targets. He's going to get the targets. He just, Alan Lazard's been hurt in practice all week. I mean, this feels like it's going to be a Devontae day. I like our, that. I mean, I like that. Our guy, Rick Brucellis. Um, Good. I saved asking if, one and done's, and I felt like a yeah. moron for it. <laughs> asking, asking if we have thoughts on A.J. Brown. Yeah, Rick, if you, could, you can go back and listen. We talked about A.J. Brown when we were talking about the um, Kansas City-Tennessee game. I like him. He did the price. I think he's – I mean, I, I was – until our boy Scotty Josh came along and t- cast this scat shadow of doubt in my head, I'm gonna have to go look at Sports Info Solutions and see if this is true about AJ Brown struggling versus man this year. <laughs> um, <laughs> but as uh, I thought, AJ Brown, I just I, I feel like I don't know if you're not paying up for one of the one of the wide receivers. He's one him and Debo were clearly the two that I'm most interested in. Byron, what are you gonna do this week just to, just to be different? I mean. Is, if it's not going to be at the tight end, if it's not going to be Mahomes, what is it? Maybe I'll do what I did last week and just punt on defense. What do you just play the Titans? Yeah. <laughs> and because I the Texans last week, I, and I don't think the Packers are necessarily a horrible, horrible play. I mean, it's hard to – you can't put anybody but the Chiefs and the 49ers on the cheat sheet, and the, and the 49ers defense has a real sweet spot in the pricing that feels pretty good to get – you know, right. that was – you don't have a lot of moves left you can make at this point. And so I think punting on defense is uh, one of the plausible methods uh, to do so. If you're not going to be playing Patrick Mahomes at quarterback this week, who do you play? Jimmy Garoppolo. 